We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. All right, welcome back to the show. We have a unique and interesting setup today. Welcome, first of all, Morgan Bungers. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So, Morgan, you clearly have done this before. You've got a nice little garage setup. But what do you got there? You got every piece of you have stock in concept too it looks like you got the skier the rower the the bike what else there's you an got assault there? runner back behind you can't see the assault runner back here uh a schwinn aerodyne holding up the camera over there got a little bit of everything <laughs> most expensive tripod out there right. and, yeah, and, and, so. and plenty of branding which i love yeah gotta get the posters up um member made us the the palette put some posters hanging up there just got to represent a little bit because it, it is a garage or it was a garage. Now it's a studio. Yeah. I suppose <laughs> do you change it, right? Do you change it? It's still a garage, but it's, it's a studio. And let's, let's dive right into this. You know, we were introduced by a mutual friend, Pat Cummings, who Northeast OG did a lot of the CrossFit videoing back in the day. And Fern and I've had him on the podcast and he's got his own, he's got many different podcasts out there. So that, you know, thanks Pat for introducing us, but he said, Hey, you got to introduce and you got to interview my buddy Morgan. And, and your story is longtime coach at CrossFit New England under, you know, the, the well-respected Ben Bergeron, which I'm interested to hear more about. But during this time, you've gone completely virtual. Yes. So a lot of people talk about that. You did it. What? I want to hear all about that. I mean, you were, what, what was your story before winding up at CrossFit New England? Were you an athlete there or did you move there to, to learn like a Jedi under, under the Yoda <laughs> master? Totally. Yeah. It was right place, right time. So, um, started CrossFit in high school in, uh, nine. It was my hockey team's like off ice training. Um, did it in college, started a CrossFit club at college. Um, and then a friend of mine from New Jersey was the intern at CFNE, and I called him the day he announced it. I was like, dude, get me in there. Like my gym used to follow CFNE programming. Like we knew who they were. We knew they were the best of the best. Um, made the call. Hey, you can be the intern next summer. So I graduated college. Two weeks later, I was the intern mopping the floors at CFNE. And at the end of the summer, it was definitely right place, right time. Uh, was hired as a coach. And ended up working there for just over five years. Yeah, you, I've seen that a lot over the years where, you know, Ben brings on an intern and they eventually become a coach. And, and he's got some very high retention from those coaches. And those that, you know, have gone on, they've gone on to some great things. I know plenty of his coaches that are box owners and very successful ones in their, in their own right, you know, or, or just go on to some great things. I mean, Harry has been there for like 20 years now. Yes. Oh, Harry is, is crushing it with comp tra- it's actually This is Harry's garage. So he's been, <laughs> we've butted off of that in a, in a sense. Oh, wait, you're in Harry's house right now? Yeah, yeah I live with Harry. Oh, you live with Harry. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Harry's a great dude. I, I did his level two when he, when he came through and I saw him at the games, um, coaching some people. You could tell the only reason you could tell was Harry, you know, everybody had their mask on, but his bright red hair was uh, <laughs> sticking out. So you can see. So, yeah. so you, you, you were a coach at new England and then obviously the pandemic came But you know, considering you were a coach and not a box owner, what was your thought process to say, Hey, I'm going to step away, Ben and do this thing on my own. Totally. So there were really three big factors that um, seemed to kind of pave the way to do this. One was we were zoom only at CFNE for about three to four months and it worked. If you did it the right way, you could run a pretty kick-ass class through the zoom platform. So it was possible. Uh, number two was everyone panic bought and people were stocking up on their home gym equipment. People were there or rogue was sold out. People were doing what they needed to do to do CrossFit at home. And I know personally, had I bought this stuff, I would not want to go back and spend money at the gym once it had opened up again. So the, the customer base was there. And the third big driving factor for me was I am trying to move and explore and kind of, um, do something other than my first job out of college. So the thought of being remote and not being tied down somewhere was super appealing. So it was like right place, right time. The market seemed to be right. It was possible based on what we did with CFNE and their Zoom classes. So took a leap of faith and did it. And really the, the icing on the cake is I get to name it after my dad. So this is actually Jim Bungers is a play on words. It's not just my last name. It's actually the, the last thing I'd wanted to do but um, G-Y-M is named after my dad, J-I-M, Jim Bungers, who passed away from ALS in 2008. So seeing him lose his abilities and like lose his ability to play sports and do yard work, which he loved to do, that's why I CrossFit is because I get to celebrate my abilities and I coach it so I can help others celebrate their abilities. So it was really full circle, getting to do my own thing, getting to name it after him. And now every day, Tons of people are saying his name, even though they're saying GYM, they're still saying his name every single day. It really was the huge driving factor for me. Really cool that you get to celebrate the life of your father and do what you love. I mean, you're going to be, it's funny, I'm reading a book called Mastery by Robert Greene, one of a classic. And yeah. in it, I realized I've accidentally kind of done what he says. And it's like, find your passion really early in life. For most people, it's like, science maybe or music or painting <laughs> and for yeah. me it was coaching and you know hopefully you know i wish you never having to work a job you know you where'd you go to school in new jersey i actually went to school in new york state hobart and william smith cool so but right out of college to, to becoming a coach and, yes, and hopefully yes. super lucky hopefully that never changes so you, you Tell me something that Ben did really well to support you. Cause I think a lot of box owners and coaches struggle with this. Like I want to leave, I want to open my own space immediately. That scarcity mindset kicks in of, you know, I, well, you're fired or well, you can't be here. You're going to steal my members. You know, Ben's been through it. I can name probably 10 boxes that have, you know, sprinkled off of him. Give me one thing that you were really appreciative that he did. Yeah, I think the number is 19. I think 19 gyms have somehow come out of CFNE uh, some way, somehow, which is incredible. Um, but the support, first thing was not towards the end, but the entire time was standards. We operated with standards at CFNE. It wasn't show up and coach class in your jacket with your hands in your pocket. Like, no, like 
we had standards for everything and we were held to those standards. So that kind of um, set me up for success, making sure I stick with those standards um, from the very get go. And then when I did announce that I was looking to do my own thing, he was very sure to say that his goal was my happiness and he would do what it takes to make sure I'm happy. He was also really good at like putting clear lines in the sand where it's like, Hey, you're still an employee here. I want you to be happy, but I don't want you to come in here and be like, everyone follow me to Jim Bungers. Like he was very clear and that helped me navigate those last three months before officially uh, stopping the work there. Wow. Three months. So people need to hear that. It wasn't, Hey, yes. you know, boss, I'm doing my own venture. Okay. Cause I've done that. I've gotten rid of people spot on, right? Like you're out of here. And, you know, I think when you've been through it 19 times, like you're suggesting, you realize I'm going to be okay. And if Morgan does well, it's actually going to come back and help me. So people exactly. need to remember that if, you know, back in the day, the OGs used to say, if you're doing this well, people are going to want to leave and do their own thing. And that should be a sign of, of your success, not betrayal. So I think it's really great. And, totally. you know, so you, you go off and you do this Zoom thing. I think for so many box owners, they had to quickly adapt and pivot. And many of them said, I'm going to stay virtual. I mean, the beauty is if you decide to leave Harry's place and travel to, you know, another state, another country, another continent, you can just, you know, you may have to adjust and be doing Zoom classes at two in the morning, depending on your, <laughs> yeah. depending on your, demo, your target demographic. But you can really do this anywhere. You know, we've all done it. I've led many Zoom classes. Give me some of the big pieces of advice for those that are doing it for their box to run a successful Zoom class. And then give me a few things that you're like, okay, lesson learned. Never do that again. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. Um, so the big things are not everyone's in the same room. You have to become more of a radio announcer than a coach. You're like, um, you're doing your warm like, oh my gosh, Sarah's using a crutch to do her PVC pass-throughs. That's hilarious. Oh man, Tom's dog is jumping around. Like, that's awesome. Like you're creating the environment. You're painting, painting the picture, much like a um, radio broadcast announcer has to do more so than a CrossFit coach. You're kind of painting the picture for everybody. Uh, and that goes right along with using their name a ton. At CFNE, we had a rule that you said everyone's name in class three times at least when they come, when they leave and during class, I would say I probably average names like probably closer to 12 times a class because you are not in the same room. You got to bridge that connection somehow. I love it. Um, so certainly, you know, you make me think about the six criteria of effective coaching, teach, see, correct, group management, demonstration, presence, and attitude. What and where have you seen that shift? So yeah. if you're at a box, you really need... I always tell people it's like trivial pursuit. You need to collect all six and they, they, they need to be equal. But have you noticed that virtually you need to shift a little more? Does one outshine another? That it, it's almost like all six of them have had to be elevated by 20% almost. Um, but it does certainly weigh more towards presence and attitude. You have to be that big rah-rah like face coming through the screen at them because they are in their basement alone with a dumbbell. And like, that might not be the most uh, exciting or fun place for them to be. So the more you can up their intensity, get them sweating, give them goosebumps, make them laugh, the better off they're going to be, the more likely they are to come back. 
So uh, everything has to be heightened, but certainly presence and attitude really has to be through the roof. And, and by the way, you have your, your CrossFit level three credential, right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, do, do you think this is something that you're able to do because of that? In other words, you know, the average person that goes and takes their level one certificate course, they're struggling just to, you know, see whether someone's squatting in their heels where <laughs> you're, you know, not only an effective coach, but then really just the knowledge, the passion and all of that's there. Do you think that's helped you create this? Immensely. It's just the, the reps, right? 10,000 hours. I've been doing it for 10 years. So I don't know how many hours it's been, but it's been a lot. I've learned through zoom when I was at CFNE, if I could see like from your elbow to your bottom of your shorts, I know what your heels are doing. I know which way your thumb is pointing overhead. Even if I can't see it, I know enough where you'd be like, Hey Tom, like really puff that chest out. Hey, make sure your thumbs behind you. Like, Hey, lean back in your heels on that deadlift. Like all that stuff. Um, has just come through the reps, like being in a class environment, coaching athletes, one-on-one group class for years has helped a ton when the seeing is limited. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, you know, what, what are some things that maybe you tell the, the members of, of, of your gym, you know, well, one, are they called members? <laughs> totally. Yep. I probably say athletes more, but yep, they're members, but I mean, uh, we have a recurring membership, all that thing. So do you have to kind of go through like, Hey, by the way, when you take class, here's where you set up your camera so you can see more. I've a couple people I've instructed to help to like, Hey, seeing your socks isn't going to help me coach your push press today very much. Um, but most people are pretty good and I'm actually working on getting everyone a wide angle lens so that I'll see if I can show you it's a little oh, yeah. clip on that way I can see everything that much better. And you're just, when, when you're coaching, are you co I assume you're coaching as in you're not doing the workout with them. So you're just kind of eyes darting around looking at your screen. Totally. It is very much like the real, like, Hey guys, let me show you some squat cleans. Cool. You guys do them. And I'm watching my screen as they're doing them. And assuming you're doing a variety of programming, right? Are you writing your own programming or are you following CompTrain Ben's programming? Yeah, no, um, writing our own for the very specific reason that when everyone joins, they get a survey, what equipment do you have access to? What are you looking to do? And from that list, take the majority and write the programming, making sure our members can do it. And then the second stage of that is all of our workouts have, if it's a barbell, they have a dumbbell version. If it's kettlebell, they have a barbell version of kettlebell movements. Uh, and there's always a no equipment version. So if someone shows up like, hey, I have nothing, don't worry, there's still a workout that you can do. But they're all doing, you run the same workout throughout the day. It's just basically modified. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So SugarWad is awesome. We, we're on SugarWad to get our uh, programming out there. The workout prep notes are full of all those mods. So most people know what they're doing before they even come to class. I'm just there to reinforce it. So how does it work? Someone, someone is listening and they're like, okay, I, I am training virtually. And rather than doing it, on, you know, I could follow any program at home, but I want to join a community. Do they go through you or do they go through SugarWad? Uh, through me. Yep. So it's um, very much like the brick and mortar experience where gotcha. it's like email in and like, I'd like to join like, Hey, that's awesome. Let's do an element session. Let's make sure we're both on the same page. Once you're done with that, you get all the sugar watt access, all the zoom links, and you are free to hop in the class after your one to three elements. So they get a, a 
code, if you will, like anybody would in a normal box. What, what's one way that, you know, you're doing a time priority workout, I'm sorry, a task priority workout, so you're going, you know, you're doing your Fran or you're doing your Diane or a time trial. How do you build a community like you would at a box where high fives and cheering each other on? So what go, I mean, it, virtually I can just, okay, see ya, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are, how are yeah. you growing a community when you have people really from all over the world? Totally. Um, what's helped, something I haven't had any part in, is people are getting their parents involved. People are getting their friends and family and siblings involved. So uh, one of our members who lives here in Mass has family in uh, California come in the classroom every day, and they like couldn't be better for them. So people are taking it on themselves to get their loved ones in class, which they love. Uh, but then what we are doing to build community, super active in terms of communicating on SugarWad, comments, fist bumps, all that stuff. In class, we give people time to talk to each other. And um, when, well, scaling, making sure people aren't going for too long, that one person isn't going for too long. But when that last person is finishing up, Zoom allows you to highlight their screen. So we get them on screen. We unmute everybody, and they're all cheering on that last one or two people as they finish their workout. Oh, that's really cool. That you, yeah, that you, that you can do that. So, you know, when you said you have your friends and family, have you ever caught somebody, like, having their friend kind of working out in the corner but not a member? <laughs> a couple times. And um, what I've realized is, like, it's no skin off my nose, and if it – Actually, one person who has been doing that just joined as a member. So it's like, hey, I'm happy to give you a taste because I know you're going to want to come back for the full thing. Yeah, they're going to want to keep track of their scores, their sugar wad, like you're giving them access to. So Exactly. You have everything there. I mean, Harry, no doubt, has collected that over the years. I assume most of that is you know, from Harry's collection if it's his garage. But yeah. what, what, what have you found that most people have when they're joining? Totally. Uh, I would be upset if I didn't tell you about one of our members, uh, the sister, one of our members joined with just two water jugs in an apartment in Brooklyn, two gallon jugs was doing, we're doing the workouts for two months before her dumbbells came in the mail. So that was really cool. That really just like gets me fired up. That's but awesome. Most people, yeah, it's great. Um, I would say 40% of our members started with just dumbbells, a dumbbell or a couple about half of that 40% was like, I really want a barbell. So they've converted to barbell athletes. The other 60% have had a barbell already, a couple of plates. Um, probably half of our members have a cardio machine of some kind. And probably another like 40% have a pull-up bar of some kind. So really, I am a firm believer that if you have a dumbbell and like a C2 bike, you're going to be able to do all of our workouts, basically RX. You're going to get really freaking fit. Uh, yeah. but it helps to have a barbell, helps to have more stuff. Yeah, during the pandemic, that's really all I had was a couple kettlebells, a couple dumbbells, and a Peloton. I didn't even have a Oh, that's you know, awesome. Typical, yeah. you know, and, and, and it was great. You, you know, like you said, you're, a lot of people realize, okay, I can do this. Have you seen... What, what's your retention been like as boxes do and don't reopen? I mean, in some areas it's closed again. In some areas it's open again. What, what have you noticed? Yeah, we haven't lost a single member yet. Everyone who's joined is, is still a member, which is uh, feels so good to be able to say that. Um, a lot of people who are joining are like, hey, until the coronavirus is gone, I'm not leaving my house. Like we're doing Instacart 
grocery delivery and I'm not leaving. Like I'm on, I'll see you guys on zoom. Like this is not happening. Um, another half of people are like, I bought this equipment. I'm using it. Gyms can do whatever they want. I'm sticking to my garage. I love that. I can wake up at seven 25, do the seven 30 class and be in my kitchen, ready to go at eight 15. Yeah. So you have three classes a day, seven 30, nine 30 and 12 30. Correct. How come you decided not to have any evening classes? Yes, we record the 7.30 and it's available all day after that. We are adding coaches, adding classes. The eventual goal, what Jim Bungers will be, is 24-7 live Zoom classes at some point. When the Australian class ends, the New York class will begin, that kind of thing. Uh, this is just what we could start with, what I knew I could maintain and do a good job of by myself. I like that philosophy. Too many people open up and they're like, too many classes. Cause right now you're coaching all three classes. You have five yep. and then you have a Saturday class. It looks like. Correct. So you have, you're coaching 16 classes a week, which granted is in your house and you're not going anywhere, but it's still a <laughs> lot of classes. So, yep. you know, that that's really ambitious. So your, your goal is to have 24 hour a day classes. Yep. So Australia, like we have a, a member from India who joins us. It's evening for him. It's our 7.30 a.m. It's awesome. But we'll have coaches all around the world. We'll the cool thing is with the time zones, like a uh, California coach, their off hour, his or her off hour could be our like prime time 5.30 uh, p.m. slot. So they're, they're in a lull. They can coach a class here, make some money, and keep the ecosystem flowing that way. Right. And I mean, and the truth is, just because your classes are listed as morning, like you said, if someone's in Europe, you are actually offering evening classes. That is correct. There is no limit to where you zoom in from. So, and, and you know what? And then as you have 24 hour day classes, you might find the night owls that are hitting the 3 a.m., <laughs> you know, their time, even though it's a normal time elsewhere. So, so right now you record the 7.30 and then is it, uh, Zoom link that you share out there on Sugarwad or something? Yep, we found actually YouTube works best. So record it locally on the computer, upload to YouTube, takes three minutes, and then that's posted on Sugarwad for the rest of the day. So, so people, if I miss it or I just you know have a meeting today, you really are offering 24 hours right now. The only difference would be obviously they're following your class and not getting individualized coaching or uh, encouragement. Totally. Yep. They're not hearing their name. Like the reason we love live is I can say your name. I can answer your questions. I can correct your movement. So they are missing out on that. I will be like athletes on the recording. Good job. <laughs> but beyond that, they don't get um, much than that. As actually, we have some punch card athletes who Monday through Friday are on the recording based on their schedule, but come to the live classes on Saturdays. And that's always fun to see them touch base with them every Saturday. Yeah. That's a unique thought. So Punch card is only for the live classes? Correct. If you are a punch card athlete, you have access to SugarWad, all the recordings, but you get five live classes a month. And you have to, do you have to sit there and kind of look at who's in this class and keep track? Yeah, it's, uh, I end up taking a picture of the Zoom screen and then go in the, we use push press as our back and I'll check people in on push press after class. What's been the busiest class you've ever had? Oh, uh, big, uh, like biggest class? Yeah. We were pushing like 27 on some random Monday at 1230. I'm sorry, at 930. At 930, we were pushing like close to 27. It was awesome. Man, I'll, I have a lot of Zoom meetings for Affiliate University and for coaches development where we can have 30 plus and I can barely 
figure out who's talking, you've probably <laughs> gotten really good at identifying where people are and looking for things. What I, I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, the hardest part is just knowing where they actually are in the workout. Yes. Uh, I have, you can't see it, but around my tripod is a bunch of whiteboard stuff. I can actually pull one up. I got a little bit of whiteboard stuff. So I try to take notes and if I can, I'll get split times for people and I can't share too much, but we're working on a project that is going to make that easier for me to help track where people are inside of the workout. You can't share too much because you don't want to give it away. Uh, it's, I want, I want the announcement of what we're working on to be really big. I don't want to give away any secrets. Just are now. you going to announce it here <laughs> on best hour of their day? Uh, if you have me back in a, in a couple of weeks, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, well, yeah, we always love breaking news. So we will certainly continue with that. Let me ask you a couple more questions. How, how was it with the affiliation process, you know, for, for dealing with HQ, were they receptive to this? Totally. Um, I kind of snuck it in into my uh, application. I was like, I want to do this affiliate. Here are my reasons why. Oh yeah, by the way, it's going to be virtual. <laughs> and they were, they were cool with it. I thought the snag was going to be through insurance to the uh, CrossFit RRG. I called them probably seven times. I was like, Hey, I'm just making sure you guys know that this is happening via zoom. I'm not in the room with them. They're like, yeah, you're covered. You're totally fine. You're good to go. So you're covered. Someone in India gets hurt. The RRG covers you. Yes. And that's important even for the box owners that are doing classes virtually for them to know that. Now, typically when, when someone opens an affiliate, it's the, the most expensive part is rent. You obviously, you know, you're staying with, with Harry. Did he up your rent because you're taking over his garage? I hope people listening to this uh, podcast know that Harry Pally is the best human being in the world and he did not up my rent. He is... Uh, I'm going to get him a dope Christmas gift because he's really the most amazing landlord and friend. He did not up my rent at all. Now, I assume, like I said, this was his garage and a lot of that equipment was his already? Uh, Katrin used to live here, so a lot of it's actually Katrin's. Don't tell her. Hopefully she didn't, like, is it looking to come get it? But, uh, yes, some of mine, some of Harry's, some of Katrin's, uh, and we all use it when there's not class going on. There's, like, four other roommates who we, we schedule who can come in here and work out and stuff. Very, very cool. Now, not having to, to pay an additional rent obviously helps. Are there costs that maybe we wouldn't think of that you had to incur as a, as a virtual affiliate? Nothing out of the ordinary. Like we have um, like Zoom. We're, we're paying for a pretty nice Zoom package, so we're paying for that kind of stuff. Um, I have a couple other services to streamline the sign-up process since we're not going to meet people in person but they're a small fee monthly. There's nothing outlandish yet, uh, but we are working on some other uh, virtual stuff that is going to up our monthly costs for us, but the members won't see that passed on to them. Very cool. So yeah, I assume, you know, like Zoom, I pay maybe $15. You probably have a slightly more expensive yeah. version of it. Now, you, you know, with all of that, what what else are you trying to do with with the gym? Are there other programs, other avenues you're exploring? Obviously, you know, like you said, you've got some some stuff in the works, but but outside of just adding more classes, where else are you going with this? Yeah, toyed with the pre-recorded route. We actually pre-record a Saturday class, so we have a live one at nine. But Friday night, we post the pre-recorded one in case you want to go earlier, in case you want to go later. 
it is me coaching and then it flips to me doing the warm up, which is pretty funny. Um, so I toyed with like, why don't we do that every day and charge a, uh, a just recording membership? And what we realize is our thing, what we love is the in-person. I want to know your name. I want to know your dog's name when he walks through the camera. Like, I want to know what you need help with. Uh, we're going to stick with the live stuff. So but um, It's nice to know if you need a vacation, you can just record six days of workout <laughs> for now. And then eventually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I admire the fact that you're, like I said, I'm a big proponent of the one thing and doing, you know, focusing and mastery. And it sounds like, yeah, a lot of people may have gone too crazy. Like, I want to do this, this, and this. Do what you're doing well and then slowly grow. What 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 are some of the best workouts you think you've programmed for you guys? Oh, great question. Um, Tabata hollow hold is the spiciest ab movement or the, the ab exercise you've ever done. Uh, oh, that's like... One of my favorite <laughs> after parties, like super simple, yes. clean up your stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Totally. So we do that once a month because if you can do that unbroken, you are a pretty fit human being. Um, so last month we did um, five rounds. It was uh, 10 single arm devil's press and 12 weighted step ups, 50 slash 35. Super not quick, but fairly short workout for what we usually do. And the after party was Tabata hollow hold. And it was awesome. The workout was great. Tabata hollow hole totally got people way over the top in terms of finishing them off for the day. It went really well. Have you found you have to become a better programmer because you are dealing with the fact that people need to modify the movements and you have to keep it simple? Yes. Yes. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, okay, someone's in their garage or their basement. They can't run. They can't jump. The ceiling height seven feet. They have a dumbbell and an old treadmill, what are we going to do that's crossfitty, that's varied enough, that's intense enough, and by the way, they've only been working out for two weeks. How, how is this all going to work? Um, and it's awesome. My programming document has a lot of checks and balances in it, so as I'm putting the workouts in, I'm also checking to see a bunch of different factors that I have pinpointed as important to pay attention to, and it's a lot of scratching my head. It's a, lot, it's a lot of walks to figure out, to clear my head, to figure out what else to do. But it has, it has to be simple, but it also has to be effective, has to be varied, has to be CrossFit. Yeah, and I think that's, a, that's an important lesson because so many people get into the weeds when it comes down to programming. And really what you're saying is, you know, keeping it simple is actually how you become most effective. What's, exactly. What's the craziest modification you had to make for any one workout? Um, good question. I want to give you a good answer. Crazy modification. We have, uh, I got a couple, give you a good one. Um, it's like love to dumbbell bench. So it's like, Hey guys, today's workout is, um, running dumbbell snatches and thrusters. It's like, hey, I'm going to do um, Schwinn bike and dumbbell bench. Give me reps that'll keep me with the workout. And it's like, that's awesome. I'm going to do this workout when I'm done coaching here. Let me help you adjust that. that um, yeah, that, you know, you just, you have to really think about the stimulus. You know, something Fern and I have talked about a ton lately, and I think that's what it comes down to, right? Understanding what you're actually intending for this stimulus and how I get somebody with a rower versus a bike versus, do you have anybody that, has no monostructural piece that does something. So what, what are some things they might do? 
Yeah. So we have a couple people who are on second, third floors of apartments who from the West Coast, they're joining us at 6, 630 in the morning. Um, no machines, just a couple of dumbbells. Uh, that's, that's actually probably been the most extreme uh, modifications, but comparable time and effort. Okay. How long is this cardio intended to take people? Myostructural. How long is this myostructural intended to take people? Okay. What can we do? It's not going to wake the neighbors. That'll keep you moving for that same amount of time. Uh, it's a lot of like straight arm burpees, a lot of mountain climbers, step ups, if they have a safe place to step up to basically move your body for the amount of time the monostructural was meant to take. Love it. Yeah. And that, you know, again, just goes to show there's no excuses as an athlete or as a coach, if you're modifying, scaling, you know, adapting for people all over the world, virtually, you can certainly do it at your box in the whiteboard. You know, last question, you, you've really dug into this pivot. What, what, what do you expect to come from it? You know, boxes will eventually reopen. Yep. Do you, do you, do you foresee the, the future gym athlete being a virtual member? Do you see it becoming some sort of mix? Where, where do you see the world of fitness going? Totally. Um, I think it is going to be a mix. And if you look at pre-corona, there are mirrors and Pelotons and Beachbody and P90X and stuff you'd put into the VCR and do in your living room. And there's always been the brick and mortar gyms. What we haven't seen yet is CrossFit at home. The accountability, the emotional leadership, the, hey, your name, I'm proud of you. Hey, your name, keep your back flatter. We haven't seen that happen from the convenience of home. And I think if Corona was gone, snap your fingers, there's no more masks, no more vaccines. Like it's all gone. There's still people who can't drive 35 minutes each way to get to the gym. There's people who don't want to or can't find childcare. There's convenience factors that make the at-home training really appealing. There's people who are intimidated. There's people who would never, ever set foot in a gym if there's other people there. So what I view Jim Bungers as is hopefully get getting together all those people who don't want to go to the gym, can't go to the gym, are afraid to go to the gym. Some of them will graduate to the brick and mortar locations. That's awesome. I'll help them get there. I love that. And some of them will hopefully stay and be badass garage gym athletes. And I'm going to help them achieve their goals, whatever that might be. Yeah. You know, and there's going to be people that just decide I never want to go back. I loved CrossFit, but you're right. I mean, I remember growing up watching my mom do sweat into the oldies training at home is not <laughs> training at home is not new. It's getting coached at home. That's new. And that's just because yes. of technology, right? Like there was exactly. no, you know, zoom or Skype or, you know, there was AOL, but no one was using it for that reason. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's what, that's what CrossFit opened up. The idea that, Hey, you got to train hard, but you also need eyes on you to keep it safe. And now we can do it from anywhere. Totally. Like, um, Having a face on the other side of the screen, keeping you accountable, like whatever it is in the human psyche, athletes have said this all the time. Like I would not have gone that fast if I wasn't on the Zoom call. Like I have the, I know what the workout is. I have the equipment at home, but just because I clicked into this Zoom call, I got that much better of a workout. And that's the way we're wired as humans. And I think having that live coaching is going to make for better home training. Yeah. And I mean, I looked at your website, you know, first of all, people want to check it out. It's jimbungers.com jim spelled g-y-m so jimbungers.com but your rates are completely reasonable and like i said or like you just said 
that's if that's what's keeping you held accountable yes you can if you have the equipment you can do it at home alone no you will not <laughs> exactly right? yeah i mean we felt we have, i had a spin bike in my in my apartment and it wasn't until we subscribed to peloton that i actually got on it right so exactly. you know accountability is key and sounds like you are doing well with that i'm excited to hear the news coming out in the future yeah. this is this is good stuff and i think you know one of my favorite aspects about crossfit has always been if you're smart you're willing to work hard and you're creative you know the possibilities are truly endless like like i said i've never had a real job in my life and i attribute that to crossfit <laughs> and i think you're going to be one of those people as well and it's you know you're 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 just working hard that's really all it comes down to is a, you took a risk too and i think that's cool probably would have been easier to stay across from new england totally yeah it's a risk but i love like you said like i think it's something it's up to me to do it there's no hoops to jump through and being my own boss and being on that tightrope with no net so far it's been freaking awesome it's so fun yeah i'm sure ben was a great boss but you know who's a better boss yourself <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah let me ask you one last question i know ben's a big proponent of books and reading as am i can you think of one book that you would recommend to the audience that really changed your life or motivated you or that you've given out quite a few times oh, can i do two is it okay if i do two i got two good ones yeah um everyone should read linchpin by seth godin um read everything seth godin has written but linchpin is awesome for anyone trying to be a leader of any kind and uh, for any affiliate owner, you gotta read E-Myth Revisited. Gotta, gotta read that. That like will demystify everything for you if you read E-Myth Revisited. I just told uh, one of my groups, that was the very first business book I've ever read. Yeah. I, I opened my box, I don't even remember who told me about it. I, maybe I found it, but yeah, E-Myth Revisited is, is a must, you know, working, on the business versus in the business exactly so. and that's been like think i read that probably two years ago was able to digest it as an employee and now being the business owner it's like oh i am making those mistakes i read about like let me let me readjust like crap i know i can do better than this so it's been super helpful well this is really awesome like i said super super impressed with what you're doing morgan oh, uh thank you so much so so cool that you're doing this if you're listening jimbungers.com i'm sure all the social media handles that go along with that and we'll of yep. course put them in the notes and um yeah if someone's interested they just head over there set up sign up for their free elements it looks like and then yep. you can get going so whether you're in uh massachusetts colorado or india <laughs> you know india it's cool because in india you offer nighttime classes so yes <laughs> i love it i love it all right morgan well it's been a true pleasure chatting with you and uh we look forward to, to hearing more about what's going on at jim bungers thank you so much Jason. that was awesome so you never miss an episode of the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.